we're going to create something. It could evolve a lot over time. Um, it could be something totally different next year, but let's keep pushing things forward. Hi, I'm Maddie Fry. And I'm Angela Lynn. I'm Bonesaw, by the way, representing the Austin Torch and the Premier Ultimate League. If it's the Premier Ultimate League podcast, are we calling it Pulp? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but I like it. Yeah, I don't know, the though. The Pulp. I feel like all ultimate podcasts have some sort of cheeky ultimate name. Actually, that's mm. perfect. I think we should call it that. Yeah. You know, the and maybe the pulpit, we could add like an IT on something. Pulpit. Could have a little religious overtone. Oh. Uh-huh. How folks it. feel about that. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> ultimate is my religion. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, there it is. The pulpit. Ultimate is our religion. <laughs> I hope you edit the shit out of this. <laughs> uh, well, don't make my job hard. So far, I'm not Sorry. editing anything here. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, well, it's the Premier Ultimate uh, League podcast, aka for now called The Pulp. And uh, this is the premiere episode of the Premier League we're doing right now. Yeah. yeah. We're doing it. Uh, so just a little context here. Today is Tuesday. Uh, January 22nd, and we Monday. are launching, right? Oh, we're pretending it's tomorrow. Whoops. You're right. <laughs> okay, we're recording this on Monday. But we're putting this podcast out tomorrow as part of the launch of the Premier Ultimate League. And uh, so that the plan is to have a semi-regular uh, league-level podcast, and once the season gets started, hopefully a weekly podcast that will include you know players and all kinds of league gossip and a whole bunch of yes. goofy stuff. We'll see where it goes. Well, and so folks can hear it directly from the source. I know there's been a lot of talk online, social media, and we would love for people to feel like they can ask questions and get answers directly from us instead of kind of wondering, hey, what's going on? We'll, we'll just tell you what's going on. Totally agree. And so speaking of the us, I think my first, first thing we obviously need to cover is who you two are and why are you the first two on the Premier Ultimate League podcast? That's a good question. Take it away, Angela. I I think that, you know, currently Maddie and I represent the Atlanta Soul, but we also represent sort of like this leadership group that's um, trying to create this and trying to push this forward. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Why are we on this? <laughs> I mean, Maddie... I think it's because of what exactly what you said. And we sort of were hearing from the other teams that got started last year um, around last summer. And we kind of pulled that information together into a proposal. And so I think we kind of got the conversation started. Um, and so maybe we're here to kind of tell that story. And then I think in the coming weeks, we'll get to hear from the other folks on the leadership committee about how they sort of got involved and what their role is. So can you say a little bit more about what that, you said you got together because other teams happened last year. Talk to me about the first conversations you two had where you were like, you know what, we want to be the ones who are going to push this to be happening as a league next year. Well, I think there was so much momentum that all the teams that sort of like 
separately sort of decided last year, okay, we want to make these events happen and we're going to put resources into making these events happen. I think that that momentum, you know, we wanted to keep that going. We're going to create something. It could evolve a lot over time. Um, It could be something totally different next year, but let's keep pushing things forward and let's keep making events, creating content, putting these things out there. And I think that's, I don't know, maybe Maddie and I are sort of like pushers here and like, let's get organization started. Let's try to bring people in who have strengths that can supplement our strengths and help out with our weaknesses and Mm -hmm. let's get this thing going. Yep. Totally agree. I think it was, again, a matter of, you know, it was uh, last year, 2018, when six cities decided to start their own professional women's ultimate team. And after that kind of informal season ended, um, you know, all of those cities and teams were really kind of going into the direction of club and then world championships happened and then the series and um, Angela and I around August or September were thinking, you know, if next year is going to happen, it needs to happen now. And no one else is really, you know, everyone, including us, is focused on our club teams and focused on these other things. So let's try and at least start these conversations. And so that's when um, we did pull together a proposal, you know, based on some conversations we'd had, um, conversations I'd had with Dan from Spin Ultimate, um, you know, suggesting a sort of league structure whereby teams would buy in in order to have funds to pay the commissioner and therefore teams would own the league. And we thought, okay, that sounds great. Let's start with that and see how it goes. And we pulled together kind of an initial proposal, got some feedback from a couple individuals and then shared that with the other teams and other cities who might have been interested in starting a team um, on a conference call. When was that in like September, I think early September in 2018 yeah, um, that was kind of, yeah, the first time we all came together. And I should say, though, that Laurel from Upwind had organized a conference call even prior to that to see kind of where were teams at. Um, and that was at Worlds. I was at Worlds anyways. That was July, I guess, when that call happened. So I think that really was a precursor um, to kind of organizing, right, and like getting folks started thinking what might this look like. And then we brought that uh, it kind of informal proposal to the teams on a conference call in September. We asked if volunteers would come forward to help us formalize the proposal that we could bring back to that group of people. And the folks that came forward were the five teams that became the organizing committee. So Atlanta Soul, Austin Torch, um, Indianapolis Red, Nashville Nightwatch, and Medellin revolution. And so we then started having what, like bi-weekly conference calls, just planning, 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 organizing, organizing, like what might this look like? How might we do this? The budget, the schedule, insurance, um, contracts, all that really fun stuff. And that's when we kind of finalized, uh, I wouldn't even say finalized, revised that proposal and brought it back to that initial group and then got their feedback and went from there. It's a great summary. <laughs> you know, from, from an outsider's perspective, I mean, so many questions we could cover here. Um, from, from my perspective, you know, I was down here in Austin. I just sort of heard, um, you know, I wasn't involved in all those. Not everybody goes to Worlds and is playing at Worlds like you guys and all fancy. Oh. 
I just start hearing uh, that there's going to be this conference call with like some ungodly number of people on it. It was like 28 <laughs> yeah. plus. And I'm like, how is that even going to work? But it was like, hey, it's this crazy thing. We're just going to all try to have a 28 person phone conversation about <laughs> anybody who's interested in pro women's ultimate. That's right. And uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> and I hopped on and, and uh, I actually built a little fire in my backyard, a little fire pit and sat out there around the fire. And I just, because I, I didn't know what to expect sat outside and just listened to everybody kicking around all these ideas. And it was a really constructive, um, convo who can you in, you know, one of the missions of this league is full transparency and everything. And I love telling the full story. Who else was on that convo? Um, like you said, it whittled down to, it whittled down to the five teams ultimately from last year who ended up being the ones ultimately who, you know, became the core, but that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of interest, you know, nationally. Otherwise, um, who else was on that call? And you know, that, that, yeah. A lot of people, like you said, I mean, so we cast a wide net and that was intentional and we knew it was going to be messy, but we had an agenda. Um, we facilitated the call to make sure we could hit those agenda items. And um, we just thought, you know, there's nothing to hide here. Let's just invite anyone who could possibly be interested in this. And so it was those five teams that I mentioned, uh, folks from Seattle Cascades were on the call. I think X10 and China, and then folks from... Chicago, we're on the call from Nemesis, representing Nemesis. Um, who else? Do you remember some Dallas folks, right? Yes, Dallas folks. Yeah, I think that's right. And was USA, USA wasn't on this call, mm-hmm. or on the subsequent call. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a DC okay. person was also there? I can't, can't quite remember. Yeah, that's true. Because I think Laurel was on the call and kind of thinking about DC's vantage point as well. Mm-hmm. Um. And Kelly Ross may have been on that call. There were, I mean, there was I'm an LA person. Oh my goodness. I can get you the whole list, but I think it was something like 15 or 18 people on the call or possibly even more. Well, it's sort of an aside, but one thing I've enjoyed working through this with is, you know, so we have all these folks and obviously all those teams didn't end up in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, This year. This year, right. But even as we've, as you know, some, for whatever reasons, you know, this city might not be ready to launch. This city might Mm -hmm. be too far away. All these other reasons even as, as cities have, you know, opted out for this year, everybody's still collaborating. Um, totally. and, you know, so far, you know, I, I think we're all in that like really blissful beginning time when everything's exciting and moving I forward, know. but it's been very collaborative, even for the folks who aren't, who can't, can't be in it this year. Um, I don't know. That's sort of an aside, yeah. but something that I felt very cool about this and made me want to move yeah. forward. I mean, I don't think that needs to be an aside. I think there's a lot of like, we want this to be a very inclusive experience and a very inclusive um, uh, league and organization. Like well, there's so much great stuff going on in Ultimate and great people to work with and people who are really focused on equity and inclusion. Um, and I think that ideally we would like to collaborate and partner and work with as many of those groups as possible and let's all work together, right? Let's unify and let's all work together. Exactly. So I don't think that needs to be an aside at all. I think that's a big goal of like a big goal that everybody has in our organizing committee and beyond. Yeah. I you can see that. I mean, we early on, we reached out to folks from USAU specifically Will Deaver. Um, and we also reached out to folks from the ADL, um, Steve Hall, the commissioner and Rob Lloyd. And that may not be the most popular thing, but we wanted to learn and we wanted to make sure that what we're putting together is good product and realistic and potentially involving those people in the design. 
those people and those organizations in the design um, of the product. And we also reached out to WIFDIF. And we'll talk more about that process later, but we have reached out to those individuals and organizations really early on in this process um, to, again, be inclusive and, and even more so to make sure that we are putting together the best product possible. Yeah, and let, we'll definitely come back to that a little bit later in the convo about okay. who we're partnering with and whatnot. Um, I just have one more sort of follow-up question for you two personally, uh, and I don't, don't take this question the wrong way, uh, but it takes a lot of guts to to uh, to jump in. Like, I mean, There's uh, thousands and thousands of great ultimate players and people who are interested in this all over the country, and yet you two and a few others felt con- or, or decided to step up and do it. Like, like, why you? Like, why do you think you can do this? And I don't mean this as an accusation. I'm just thinking, like, you know, <laughs> a, a, leaders emerge. And, like, like why, why, why you two? Oh, man, I have, like, anxiety every day about this process. <laughs> no, are you kidding? <laughs> How so? I feel nervous and excited all at the same time. Um, I think, you know, I think a lot of the um, really great, you know, ultimate players of our time, current ultimate players who are really involved with club right now are, like, super involved with club, right? They're very like singularly focused on that. And I personally, I feel I'm sort of like, you know, I've sort of, I'm sort of beyond being really completely focused on club. And I think that's helped a lot, you know, like Mm -hmm. I have some other perspective and some other ideas. I think that when you're in club, you're just sort of like, this is the only thing that I'm doing. The only thing that I'm thinking about, I can't really be thinking about other things. So I don't know for me, that's personally part of the reason I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think I that's true for me too. <laughs> um, and also, it felt like a very natural unfolding process. Like, I don't think at any point Angela and I had any kind of conscious, like, decision making process, to be honest, like, where we were like, hey, let's do this huge thing. You know, it just, it really naturally unfolded from, Hey, let's get a bunch of people to try out for Atlanta hustle so that we get attention, um, about women's ultimate and potentially that could parlay into a women's team. Um, and then that led to starting Atlanta soul just kind of, again, really unfolded like, well, Nashville needs a team to play. They offered us a thousand bucks. Let's, start a team and let's not just start a team for one game. Let's actually start a team. And then there we were and looking into the future and that just kind of unfolded into, well, what does the future look like? And I just at every step of the way, it just seemed like the next natural progression, you know? Um, And I, I really see Angela and I as just like at this point kind of guiding the process, but really, I don't know what words to use, but like facilitating, kind of facilitating. Um, yeah. Like facilitating a lot of things. Exactly. And like, it's amazing how much work is being done by how many people, you know, and most days I feel like I'm just kind of trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm, I hope I'm keeping, you know, pulling my own weight here because so many people are doing so much. So I totally agree. And I, and, and this is not to say that, I mean, I would I would want to ask these questions of the other leaders of this movement and people who aren't even involved in this movement, just leaders. I'm always just curious about this, about people who step up to do something. Uh, and just, one, you know, going a little bit deeper, you know, you don't have to, but uh, 
if you have anxiety about this and you're worried about it and these kind of things, like, well, how do you how do you get past that to keep going and and go through with it? I mean, we're about to put ourselves out there pretty hardcore. Yeah. 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 Like, how do, what, me, how do you how do you go just how do you put that in a box and keep going? I think for me, it's sort of like what Maddie just said. You know, there's always a kind of clear next step or clear like immediate tasks that you know. Okay, I can focus on getting these parts done, which helps the greater like process. Um, so I think part of it is just sort of like thinking about it, you know, stepwise versus like, mm-hmm. wow, I have all this anxiety about yeah. how this execution is going to happen, how all of these things are going to come together, how we're going to do all of this stuff. I think trusting that we all want that to happen and yes. we are all going to do our best to pull our own weight, you know, pull each other up, all those things to sort of like, yeah. everybody's going to work together um, to get there. Like I have a lot of trust in that. Mm-hmm. Me too. And having the experience from last year proved the concept for me personally. Like I have all these amazing memories in my head of last year, specifically that torch game when, you know, torch came to Atlanta, we had 400 people in the crowd. We had all female, everything from commentators to observers, to announcers, to game clock, to, you know, my player at Georgia tech was commentating with um, my best friend and coach, you know, and, a former player was doing the game clock. We had flown in Laura Meyer as a head observer. Um, we had an awesome, ha- awesome halftime show. We had just like, we were doing the thing, you know, we had, and there's like one thing that really stands out for me from that game. And it's a picture that one of our players, Mo McCamley took with her friend's daughter, who's like four or five at the time. And they're both wearing Atlanta soul jerseys. And they're both like, you know, showing their guns to the camera. And it's just like, this is why we're doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. so that these girls can come and see these fantastic athletes play ultimate and play a really cool sport that's self-officiated. That's, you know, a lot of people haven't even heard of before. Yeah. You've had a few of those moments you've already been able to put in the bank that you can go to when you're feeling a little bit, uh, but down. I, I have a folder, yeah. of, like a special folder of emails that fans have sent. I'm a, I'm a band guy, for those who don't know me, and nobody knows me, so that's the way it should be. But uh, And a, a couple particular fans' emails you know, would come in, and I, I save them in a, you know, I've done this for a decade in a particular folder because like there's dark times when you're in a touring band, you know, and then have those to go, you know, yes. go to to pull out, you know. But you, 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 having done the soul last year, y'all have a few of those in the bank already. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, to move forward. You know, I think, I mean, what's obvious to hear y'all talk too is you guys, are, you're, you're team players and you have, you know, you've been athletes your whole life, been playing on teams your whole life, you've been team leaders uh, and you really come from a team mentality. And I think um, maybe you're used to that all the time, but as somebody, like I said, I'm a band person and so maybe some, you come across a lot of folks who aren't used to playing on lots of teams and collaborating and having to work together in those ways. Um but I think the group that we have together here, everybody is like always team focused. Everybody's used to playing on, on teams at high levels and what it takes to succeed in that environment. And I think that's partly what gives me confidence in this group is that just what y'all said, like the strength comes from working together um, and trying to like almost like competing with each other, trying to keep up. Like, oh shit, I can't let Maddie get too far. Like she's, she just dumped like 10 emails on me. Crap. <laughs> I got to now send 11 <laughs> emails. You know, it's like... <laughs> But it's, it's, I go in phases. Yeah, it's good natured though. You know, it's like a, it's like the one up. I see it now. I, I'm having to rethink how I say everything. I can't say one upmanship. Ah, do I say one? Yeah, you can't. Well, no, 
then what do I say? Anyway. Personship. Okay, one, we, anyway. Okay, well, I lost my train of thought. You know where I was going. <laughs> it's also sort of like that practice. You know, you want to be your best at practice and you want to perform your best at practice so you can push the rest of your teammates to, you know, also keep up and do better and, and beat you. It's not yeah. really beating each other in the end. It's about totally being the best thing. Yeah. And it does. De- we have that vibe going in the group so far. I think that, that's giving me a lot of confidence at least. Um, well, it hasn't been without conflict, but I think we've found a way. Well, and I think we probably all agree that like ju- not agreeing on something is actually a good thing because then it strengthens the process and you end up with a product that's strong, that's better. So I think we have a way of inviting that kind of discussion and, you know, perspectives. Um, like I want people to not agree with me and that's happened a lot, you know, yeah. and I, but I think that's a really good thing. Um, and I'm speaking of like, you know, being anxious and not sleeping at night. <laughs> like the thing I'm wondering about is can we maintain that mentality, you know, through the season when it gets stressed and when we are making travel plans and logistics and, you know, lots of expectations and who knows what comments are coming in from social media and yada, yada. Like, can we continue to maintain that mentality? And I think we can, but I think we just have to be like pretty focused and conscious of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said all that. I think I have very similar anxieties and I think, <laughs> you know, I always say, you know, let's say the anxieties out loud and yeah. that helps with the process helps make them a real and acknowledged and yeah. all right, let's work through them together. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. And so I'm sure some of the listeners may be thinking, well, okay, well, what are the spots? Like where, where have they been disagreeing? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'll throw one out there. Um, I think that the group had a hard time deciding on a logo. You know, we put mm-hmm. out a logo competition and we got a lot of great submissions and that was the really only spot that I feel like there was, we, we ended up choosing a great artist, Baylor Watts. Actually, I think he's from Florida. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the one who designed the new logo. Um, shout out to him and everybody who did great work on that logo contest. Um, yeah, there were some amazing submissions. Yeah. I really thought, you know, that was part of the, it was, it was hard because everybody had sort of like, you know, I don't know, like a really well thought out or whatever that was very well thought out, either, you know, design itself or a proposal, you know, like a larger proposal. So. Yeah. yeah right. Tough. You're right. It was just a hard decision. But I, for me, for me, that was the first one where I was like, wow, this group cannot come to a decision here, you know? And mm-hmm. it was difficult. Just sort of frustrating, I guess is a better word. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just as annoying. Uh, it's interesting how those, you know, it's very ultimate, right? That the group would be so focused on that. But like when the three of us are making these pretty big decisions behind the scenes, people don't care as much. Like sponsorships that have tens of thousands of dollars attached to them. People are like, great, sounds good. Sure, <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> but the logo is so important. Yeah. You know, I don't really care. Let's just pick a logo and go with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Uh, where, where are some other spots where there's been not, you know, uniformity of, of thought on things, if any? Um, I mean, there's been tough decisions to make. Like, we are super excited about VC being our uniform sponsor. And a lot of, at least three teams in the league have had prior relationships with other apparel companies and so having to kind of navigate that because we are really excited about vc and then sort of having to shift our 
prior relationships with those sponsors into hopefully other types of relationships. It might not be for uniforms, but we're hoping it can be for other things that are mutually beneficial. So that's That's one that's ongoing that we still haven't totally figured out. Yeah. That's a challenge. I mean, that was a challenge for even just bigger picture. Like there's a lot of people and companies who fortunately want to get behind this movement, which is awesome. Right. Um, But you know, like last year, you know, uh, Adriana from VC had hit the torch up and the next day, uh, what's his name? Todd from Savage had hit Mm. us up and was like, we both, you know, so it's like, I mean, they're both great. It's like what just Adriana happened to be there the day before, you know, but um, how do you, you know, you want to work with everybody, but some things you can't, Yeah, they're they're competing companies. Well, and then organizationally, um, we've had tons of conversations about are we going to go nonprofit or for profit? And even if we go for profit, we're not we're obviously not for profit. But what would that convey if we weren't a nonprofit? Um, So there was a lot of conversations about that. And I think there was pretty unanimous agreement that nonprofit was the way to go. But we definitely did kind of have to talk through that. And then our structure, our governing structure, we're still figuring that out. Um, We'll have a nonprofit board, um, but we also, so we'll have a nonprofit board with positions like traditional president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, and committees and chairs of committees. And we're still figuring out who will kind of serve in each of those roles. Um, But then, like we were talking about earlier, we wanted to find a way to incorporate some existing groups into the design and or leadership of this league. Um, And so this year, this is 2019, we're kind of calling it our pilot season. And the organizing board um, is just the teams who are participating in the league. Um, And those just those teams will be making decisions about what happens with the league in 2019, the budget, the governance structure, things like that. Um, But we are, but, and we are also creating a steering committee um, that would, we have invited individuals from USAU Ultimate Experience Ventures, which is the parent company over AUDL and WIFDIF and Upwind Ultimate and Eurostars to serve on the steering committee. And the purpose of that steering committee would be twofold. The first is to, um, uh, I guess, be participating in the 2019 pilot season and advising the organizing board on the 2019 pilot season. And then the second role is really starting after this 2019 pilot season ends. And that is to take the learning from 2019 and determine kind of what's going to come next with women's professional ultimate, what will 2020 and beyond look like? Um, You know, is it going to be, sort of this exact same format with more teams joining or will the league own the teams and how will that change the organizing structure or, you know, how will USAU, WIFDIF and UXV be involved um, in this process? Could it potentially be even co-owned or, you know, co-designed by all of these different entities? Um, So these are things that really are still on the table and we're excited to have, bringing together these experts who, um, along with the teams who are participating, will be making these decisions. Um, I should say one of our board committees, we haven't determined what it will be called yet, but is 
basically a community accountability committee where we're looking to get feedback from the community about how this process is going and rolling that up into the decision-making structure. So there will be like a formal mechanism to get feedback and roll that up into decisions. Angelo, anything else? No, I think that's a great summary. I think, you know, that's, that's definitely a point of a lot of discussion, you know, like how, who are we going to invite to the steering committee and how will they interact with us, the, you know, the team owners and, you know, organizing board. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's definitely, as you said, still an ongoing process and things left to decide, but lots of great decisions and perspectives on that, on that. Yeah. So I think that'll be one of the questions I think that the league gets a lot and that that's right. There's the answer. I mean, what, you know, who are you partnering with? Is the AUDL mm -hmm. involved? Is it, who else is involved? Is USAU involved? Is that, it's that this year, mm -hmm. this, you know, the, the teams that are playing are the ones that are making it happen this year as the pilot season. And with some help, no matter what, even, you know, no matter what happens from now on, all of those groups have already helped. Totally. Have, yeah, have, for sure. have lent resources, so. have lent, have lent insight resources and, you know, lots and, you know, encouragement, um, moving forward. So that's one success right off the bat. Um, yep. but then there's this, there's, you, you've crafted this steering committee to then, you know, be the more formal partnership, not partnership, but you know, I guess partnership. Yeah. Entity. For, for yeah. Those, yeah. Entity to work uh, on the future. I think that's a very smart plan. You all have put together. Well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's really tricky, right? Because I like, I personally was definitely activated by the boycott mm -hmm. and really appreciated what the boycott organizers, the AUDL boycott organizers were bringing to the attention of all ultimate players in the country and in the world, you know, um, I thought it was really important what they were doing. Um, and I personally, you know, wanted to go about it, making change from within. So I like tried out for the hustle. I made the team as a practice player. Um, I got to know no like, how the AUDL works <laughs> on the inside, um, and developed relationships. And it's through that process that I met Steve Hall, who was a co-owner, is a co-owner of Atlanta Hustle. And that's when um, Angela and I started having conversations with him about sort of Atlanta Soul and Atlanta Hustle. And was there going to be any kind of relationship there or not even, not even really about that, but more so, you know, what does the future of women's or, you know, ultimate professionally look like? And um, so when Angela says like they have already been hugely you know, a part of this process. Like we've been having those conversations since when, Angela, like March or April of last year or even yeah, earlier. Almost a full year, I guess. Yeah. Right? Um, and so that was really informative for us to have all that kind of information um, about, you know, how the ideal works and how, you know, just getting a lot of really tangible concrete details about what does it really mean to put together a professional sports league um and then laurel coming to town for the gender equity summit that we had and that being attended by i don't know over 100 people here in atlanta and that just really created huge you know it sparked a lot of interest here and laurel you know and angela and i have had many conversations since march april around that time and that was hugely impactful um I think there was even an article written about like Laurel's kind of 
take on women's pro and our take on women's pro mm -hmm. and sort of like seemingly trying to pit us against each other, which was I really quite right. did not like that article. <laughs> yeah. <Just really. laughs> it was Especially because they didn't give the torch any credit. What the heck? Yeah, that was whatever. Um, but it was interesting to see like, oh, that's how some people are seeing this. Okay. Right. Um, that's fine. Um, just to, just to say, I don't know if I'm saying this well, but like th there are so many people and organizations involved in sort of the, uh, development and design process. Well, one thing you touched on there that I, I want to hit on is a key thing for me, at least personally here is that we've been talking about is like, how can this league and how are we in a good position or a kind of a fun, interesting position to redefine or define, I guess, what women's professional ultimate looks like, but also redefine what a professional means in this team, you know, in this league setting. How are some ways that y'all see this league potentially defining and also redefining in a, in a fresh way what professional means in this context? Mm. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think initially, you know, when you think professional, like, from a lot of different perspectives, like it could, it could mean a lot of things like in the most basic form, it's like, okay, do you get paid to play your sport or not? Mm -hmm. um, right. So um, I think you could say that, you know, as a basic definition, if you're getting paid to play the sport, you can be called a professional. I think insurance companies, you know, kind of like that's the kind of line there. Um, I think, you know, for us, that's part of it. You know, it's like, um, if there's all this content out there that's professional ultimate, that's just male centric, you know, like we would like to redefine that and reimagine that and re-envision that and like really highlight women. Um, and also try to be very inclusive about that, like bring greater inclusivity, um, into the sphere of professional sports. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, uh, uh, in a way it's sort of like we get to create this and like create this work and create what that means to us. However, we would like as a mm -hmm. organizing group, um, for professional, for professional ultimate. And I think that's a great question. It's like, you know, what do we want it to look like? What do we want the future to look like? Um, do we want it to involve all these different organizations that we've talked about and bring all of those together versus like all sort of like trying to divide up different sectors of the mm -hmm. ultimate community or the sports viewing community, you know? Mm -hmm. So right. I think it's a great question. Um, and a good answer. How about you, to, to be determined. I mean, yeah. I will say, I think at first when Atlanta soul was started, um, it was, uh, we were really reacting to this, you know, reality that what Angela said, like the word professional as it was applied to ultimate was only for men's teams and it was just very male centric. And it was like I've said before, so it was hurting women and it was hurting coaches. It was hurting female ultimate players as we were not viewed as professional and kids especially were looking up to these professional ultimate players and they were only seeing men. And so we just said, okay, we need to just call ourselves professional, but in order to do that, we have to actually be professional. Right. And so I think my, 
I have evolved in my sort of understanding of that word or as we kind of create what it means to be professional. It does. I mean, we've learned a lot from other leagues and sports um, and we get to create this in a totally new way too. Um, so yeah, it definitely means players don't pay for anything. They get everything for free and we pay them to play. And that has never happened before uh, for women's ultimate in, in anywhere that I know of. Um, so that's huge. But then above and beyond that, it's like, um, what are the values that we're bringing to this sport? Like, what are we showcasing of ultimate, you know, like, now that we have a platform and we have this visibility, what do we want to be visible? And it is so much about equity and like, who are we making visible as well as like, where, what role does spirit of the game have? What role does self-officiation have? Like these things are really, really important to us. And we have not yet been convinced that you um, can't have ultimate professionally and have these things. We still think that it's possible to have professional ultimate and have spirit of the game and have self-appreciation. Um, and that's based on our experience from last year, actually doing it and having very crowd pleasing, you know, product that we put on with a rule set that really seemed to work. Um, and so we're obviously, we're still tinkering and experimenting with that, but those are things that I feel, you know, I think, we just get really excited about the possibility of creating a professional sports league that is self-officiated that showcases um, like fierce competition alongside um, sportspersonship. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I agree on all those things as, as someone who has sort of one foot in the ultimate scene and then one foot totally outside of it. I, you know, I'm a, a fan of all sports, but I'm a big fan of ultimate watching y'all and everybody play. A lot of my involvement was just because I wanted, I didn't, I, there's no chance for me to see high level women's ultimate in person until last year. Like a showdown yeah. doesn't play in Austin right. because of the way it's set up in the club scene. We don't yeah. play. And I, I hadn't at the time ever played club myself. So, uh, I hadn't been to like a tournament that I saw it. I have since, but, um, Anyway, so for me, I'm quick aside, Bonesaw played his first club season last year at the ripe old age of forty. That's right. Nice. All right, D line like, yeah. handler. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I played in regionals. It was great. <laughs> we broke seed. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I- I'm excited about how we can do some interesting new things uh, from an entertainment standpoint and from mm-hmm. a fan standpoint. Um, not only giving fans a chance to see how fun of a sport it is to watch and be a part of as, you know, uh, as a fan, but also I just, I, lo- I love the, the early days of starting something new where there's no rules and we are making our own template. And like, there's a great book called Loose Balls. It's about the early days of the ABA and it is hilarious. Like all the marketing things they used to try and all just the, the crazy stuff they did on their travel days, you know, and how they made these trips happen. Like, you know, I'm sure it involves sleeping on floors and stuff like that. But I personally am always drawn to that sort of like early days type um, fun and, and no, no holds barred uh, atmosphere that I think we're, we're in now where we, we're going to hit a really professional lane in a lot of ways, but also not take ourselves hopefully too seriously where we can also make it fun to watch and fun to participate in. And we show the personalities of the players. um, And it's not just, you know, those things. I'm excited about that part. <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, I think we're going to keep hitting that stride and like we'll come up against, you know, decisions we need to make to 
that will challenge us and like ask us, okay, what kind of tone are we going to set now? Like, for example, if Red Bull comes and says, we want to sponsor you, no thanks. Right. So we get to, we get to like figure out who we want to sponsor us if they are aligned with our values of health, both mentally and physically, you know, and if they don't objectify women, right. (laughs) Like let's make sure that we're, you know, upholding our own values through like where we get our resources. Here's something I've already had to figure out before I decide to do anything with, with any, any company, I have to be like, wait, I better ask Matt Angela if this company's okay. <laughs> Not okay, but like I was like, okay, I hadn't thought to think about this company. I've just used this bank forever. And then, you know, I'm learning a lot about that from y'all uh, to question. I've always thought I've been really good about questioning what I eat and what I buy and stuff. And then I met y'all and I really need to up my game. <laughs> We're probably on the extreme end of things. Yeah, Navigating the world and trying to be conscious of all the decisions that you make and trying to make them, you know, progressive decisions are, it's, it's really challenging. It's really hard. And it's like in some spheres, especially banking, it's like super hard. Yeah. It's amazing how hard it is to find companies that don't exploit people of color and women. Yeah. Well, while we're on the, the subject of companies, why don't we take a quick second to talk about, we have these three presenting sponsors we've got that we just announced today, VC, Spin, Discraft. Uh, let's just talk for a second about those three, you know, how that came to be and just kind of, you know, quickly why, you know, why those three companies? Um, all right. I'll speak to a couple of them. So I sp- talked already about Dan a little bit from Spin Ultimate, um, and he just jumped on board last year with uh, sponsoring Atlanta Soul and then obviously lending a lot of his intellectual capacity to thinking through the model and just being super encouraging of us to keep pushing this forward. Um, So we are really happy about, we were really happy about that relationship and, you know, thought, okay, how can we continue to make this mutually beneficial. Um, and again, Dan approached us late last year in the fall and thought, you know, what might this look like going forward? Um, and, uh, we knew that we wanted to keep working with him. Um, and so that kind of happened at the same time that I think Austin Torch, you all were having the same conversation with VC, Um, who was very similar story, just they jumped on board. Um, they were actually a big part of making Torch even happen, yeah, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and they just were one of these early adopters that didn't need the financial proof, you know, that a lot of other folks were asking for. They just said, this is going to be great. We're going to help it happen no matter what. Um, so then we thought, okay, how can we really thank these two companies, you know, and at the same time continue to working together. Um, so I think Bonsai, you came up with the idea of like, okay, let's have maybe one of them would be like sponsoring the live stream while the other one would really take on kind of merchandise and uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we just kind of split it up and um, happened to be, you know, spin on live stream and VC on merch. Um, and, uh, then kind of just thinking through that just seemed to make the most sense. And they were both really open to that. Um, and then continued to like have really great ideas about how to do both of those things. Um, so have been like thought partners the entire way. Um, and then Bonesaw, do you want to speak partners. to this? I like that. <laughs> I like that too. We have a lot of thought partners. We really yeah. do. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Write that down somewhere. Thought partners. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. It's in there. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think what you say about, you know, there's been, um, you had a cool term for it, but these, these companies have just immediately said yes without needing to see, you know, any, any, anything really that, yeah. that, that you know, we, we kind of have talked to them about the plan and they want to support this movement. And even though we, you know, we, we proved a lot last year actually with the, the teams that were run last year, but this is a whole next level of stuff. And, oh, yeah. uh, same with Discraft. I mean, we, um, you know, we, Discraft sponsored the torch last year, uh, and helped us get, you know, free discs and, you know, just credibility also just, you know, partnering with them. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I, when I talked to, to Discraft there, um, kind of put together a package of what I thought would be, we would really help us out and help each individual team out and the league with discs and financial support, support, financial support, <laughs> financial support. <laughs> and, uh, and they just said yes immediately to exactly what we had asked for. And, um, so that, you know, obviously they're, they've been doing it for 40, 50 years and, um, excited to partner with them as well. Uh, so that's not to say that, like I said before, lots of other companies have come out and offered or to help. It's just, it's just one of those hard, you know, some of these, their company, their business models compete, even if their mission and goals don't compete. Um, and I think that's where the thought partner thing comes in. Uh, yeah. we're all thought partners, but in, in this case, you know, we're having those three presenting sponsors at the top of, of the sheet for us, I think also lends us a lot of credibility and an initial like confidence boost, um, to like, okay, there's something really here, you know? Oh yeah. And uh, I think they've given I mean, us great, great support and great, great deals too, that maybe they haven't even offered to anybody else. And we're brand new. Yep. <laughs> well, if you think about what you need to play Frisbee and then show it to the rest of the world, you need uniforms, VCs on it. You know, they just came forward and offered us uniforms and then you need Frisbees, right? So we have discs from Discraft and then you need to somehow show the game to the rest of the world and that's spin. So this is, these are real resources that these companies are fronting, um, you know, with the hope of a return on investment, of course, and we will do everything possible to make sure that that happens. But um, this isn't just kind of nicey nice. Oh, sure. We'll, you know, retweet your thing. This is very, very big that these companies have come forward with these kinds of resources. Yeah. And, and, and before we leave the sponsorship convo, cause I know mm. we're getting down to our time here and I have a couple other things that I want to get through. Uh, while those are our presenting sponsors, we Ooh. are looking for a sponsor for this here pulp podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I don't know if pulp works, but we, uh, you know, that's, if you're looking to partner with the premier ultimate league and get behind it, uh, we are looking for some, some sponsors or advertisers here on this podcast. So uh, you can reach us at League at gmail.com and uh, give us a holler. And so the next one can say, this podcast pulp is brought to by X, your name. Your company. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> so there's our little, a little bit there. Uh, so I had two, two other quick segments I want to get through if you all have time. Um, one yep. is a new segment we're going to have. Actually, all of this is new. Duh. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to have a segment in our podcasts that I am calling Don't Judge, But I Don't Get It. Don't judge me, but I don't get it. <laughs> okay. So here's how Don't Judge, But I Don't Get It goes. We're going to get questions uh, from fans in the community. Oh, Maybe nice. people who have questions about gender or gender equity or I think we should keep it generally in that, that ballpark. Um, questions about gender, you know, there's a lot of like, 
it can be intimidating to ask some questions, especially if you're a guy and you don't understand mm-hmm. and you don't want to say something wrong and get destroyed on Twitter or whatever for asking mm-hmm. something dumb. So don't judge. Well, can but we I- have it be about equity generally? Because I think there's a lot of great yes. um, thought that has gone into the design mm-hmm. of this league about racial equity, gender equity, and economic equity. Okay. Hey, we're making it up right here on the spot. Sweet. So there you go. New caveat, all equity. <laughs> Uh, so don't judge, but I don't get it. If you're listening to this podcast, you can send us an email with a question and the rules are, you are not going to be judged by us or anybody in the ultimate community. We're all signing up for this, for whatever dumb question you got, if you just don't get it, but here's a chance to ask and get the answer. So I'm the first guinea pig and I get to ask two questions about what I just don't get and nobody can judge me. Okay. You guys are going to help me understand. We'll try our best. Sure. So my question comes from the eligibility statement on our website, the Premier Ultimate League, uh, premierultimateleague.com. And I'm going to read the eligibility statement first. Um, The Premier Ultimate League, PUL, invites all women to participate, including cisgender and transgender women, non-binary and intersex people ages 18 and up to play. While there exists gender and age requirements in terms of playing on the team, PUL shall not discriminate on the basis of race, color, religion, gender expression, national origin, disability, marital status, sexual orientation, or military status. Additionally, there is no requirement for a specific level of estrogen, hormone replacement therapy, prescription, or gender affirmation surgery in order to be eligible for the league. So my question is, because I really don't understand this, so don't judge. uh, I don't really understand what cisgender is and why I need to say that I am a cis male if I am just a male. Mm. Don't judge. Mm. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I. It, that's a great question. Uh, I, you know, I, I think the plan also is to like have some other experts out there. You know, like I think that I'm gonna get a lot of this stuff wrong too. We're all gonna get this stuff wrong, and we kind of hey, have to. You're not you gonna know, get judged either. expect that and you know hope that you know we can all talk about it in a respectful manner and just be accepting of you know like everyone is trying out there right and i think Mm -hmm. this is kind of like part of the point of this this segment Mm -hmm. Um, for sure but i think there's a lot of normalization a lot of like normality in certain things like uh being uh cisgender or being um, heterosexual or, you know, the, or being white, like all of these things are sort of like normative things that, um, you know, there needs to be some attention that that's the way that culture and society has sort of referred to these sorts of constructs. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the, part of huge, but, but, but 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 cis, if I said, that as well but also even just at the basic level if i say a cis male that means that just like am i right that that means i was born a man and i identify as a man yeah exactly okay yep. and, and again we'll try to have experts on to speak better to this than we can probably but it just means your physical outward expression is the same as your biological expression your biological what you were born with yeah and that's all that means. And, and I think Angela, you just said it perfectly. Like the, the reality that we live in is that that is normalized 
And if someone is not that, they have to put a, a prefix in front of it, like to say I'm trans or I'm something else, right? And so it's kind of the same idea with pronouns, like um, to try and normalize, you know, pronouns basically, which is like, don't just assume that you know what somebody's pronoun is. And so if we all, like, let's say I, I look female, it's important for me to say what pronouns I identify as um, so that I am kind of normalizing this idea of that it's important for all of us to be able to, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, choose our own, you know, how we want to be identified and not just have that be assumed for us. And so if, if a cis gendered person is, you know, going forward and, and saying like, it's important for me to identify my pronouns, that's an important sort of way that we can present solidarity and also like change the norm, right. In this area. But honestly, I think it's a huge conversation because what we're trying to do is, potentially really threatening to a lot of people like why are you, why are you trying to change gender why are you trying to change you know sexuality so i think it's definitely worth some conversations especially when they can be facilitated by folks who are really experienced and obviously you know you hear me stumbling over my words like mm-hmm. and we talk about this all the time right and so i i really hope we can get folks on here who can help us kind of facilitate these conversations and be really clear about you know what is the intention and what we're why it's important to have these conversations. Yeah. And that, that's very helpful. And also, I guess this, the other part of it is um, part of that question, I guess for me is like, is it, does it matter if like, I don't really care about all that stuff. I just want to watch really great women, ultimate Frisbee, you know, <laughs> don't judge. I'm not saying that's necessarily me hundred percent, but like, what if I don't want to think about all these things and I get, it, I'm a white privileged male from a prep school and went to preppy college and all kinds of that. But what if I just want to watch these games? Can I just well, do that? Well, great. I think we hope that that's going to be also a huge component of this, right? I mean, let's watch some really great ultimate. Let's watch some really great sports and really amazing athletes out there. I think drink a beer while we're doing it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you know? drink a beer. I like you it. Know, all come together around this, but know that some of these things are you know important to the athletes that are being featured. Yeah. Oh, there, there you go. But Nailed I mean, so, especially as a white privileged male bone saw, you, you can do whatever you want to do. And you have, you know, like you get to do, you know, choose what you want to want to choose. And we would encourage you to perhaps learn more about mm-hmm. this area. And if you don't want to, no problem. We still want you to come to the games and watch. All right. I like it. Well, that was our first ever episode of Don't Judge, But I Don't Get It. <laughs> Stay tuned. If you, if you, all right. Well, if anybody has questions spot. for the next one, uh, email League at gmail.com and uh, we'll feature your question on the next one. This has been a great convo. I just have one more question just to, uh, you know, a, a sort of a goofy question to end it on here. Uh, okay. So this is a pro league. There's contracts and stuff. Who would be your one dream signing, free agent signing from a city that is not running a PUL team this year. So outside of our seven, soon to be eight teams, hopefully, uh, what? Who's your dream free agent signing? Can we have two? 
Sure. <laughs> I don't know. What's the, what's the soul's budget? <laughs> um, that's a good point. Yeah. Outside of the cities that are participating. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I'll start with one and then Angela, you have yep. one and let's see if it's the same one. Um, okay. I would like, I love defense and I love players like Opie who can just make explosive plays and then convert. So mm. I would probably draft someone like Opie. There you go. Or, oh God, there's too many. Okay, you go, Angela. Uh, mine would be uh, Amber Sinecrope from Boston. Mm. Um, so amazingly solid. Makes really great decisions. Throws lots of breaks around. Gets layout blocks. Um, yeah, just makes things happen that, yeah. are, you know, things that I like to see on the field anyway. She had an amazing year last year too. Well, for the torches benefit, I hope you guys don't get to sign either of them. Or I see <laughs> guys. I shouldn't say guys. What am I supposed to say? You two, y'all. That's what y'all. I say. Y'all is uh, good. I think my I have a, I have a lot as well, but uh, I think mine off the bat is I I got to play in a really fun goaltimate game over winter break. We were in Amherst, and our friend Brett Gromman invited us to come play. And of course, I show up and it's like all these dig and Ironside and like Boston Brood Squad players, you know, and I felt very overmatched, but it was, uh, Claudia Tajima was there. She's like, Oh, I'm hi, I'm Claudia. I'm like, I know who you are. You're Claudia Tajima. <laughs> She's great. And, uh, same with Tulsa Douglas was there and I was like, I know who you are too. Anyway, uh, their throws were so incredible. So I would probably draft them if I could. <laughs> That's a great pick. You said two. Yeah. Okay. Can I do another one? Sure. Because... Yeah. Players like Molly McKeon on Riot are often like just kind of your maybe don't get as much attention. Um, but I love players like that because they create such an important and like positive environment for everyone to play their best. And you, you sort of don't realize it, but like, wow, we're playing really well and everyone's playing so well. And it's because of players like Molly who are like the glue and just bring this energy and positivity and spirit and do everything right on the field. Um, so it's that kind of intangible that, you know, especially in a league that's just starting out, I'd love to have an entire league full of Molly McKeons. That would be amazing. Yeah. I, I the, the torch is an aside. The torch and the soul put on a, uh, a five on five kind of fundraiser, co-sponsored tournament, Austin soul, uh, this last weekend. And I got to play with a bunch of, you know, local friends, including, uh, Mike Natenberg tank and, uh, he and I have been good friends for a long time. We haven't actually played a tournament together. We were having so much fun. And later I was thinking to myself, like, man, Tank and I have such great chemistry. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Everybody has good chemistry with yeah. Tank on the field because he's an amazing player. That's Molly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sounds like her. Brought myself back to earth. All right, Angela, yeah. I guess you get one more. Oh, oh man. You know, there's there's too many. Yeah, I agree with Molly. There's so many. I mean, like, can we just draft okay. all of our favorite players ever? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday it'll be more of a free, uh, free willing free agent market. I'd I'd take I'd take Kara from you guys. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Kara Crouch is on the fence. She's either gonna I, I don't know if I'm spoiling it, but she's either gonna play or she's gonna be the assistant coach. Wow. She's one. that's exciting. She is confirmed wow. one or the other. Wow, okay. That's, that's a big exciting. that's a big announcement, man. Yeah, yeah, I ain't afraid. <laughs> Torch, Torch is going to take the crown this first year. 
We'll see about that. We will see about that. <laughs> a lot of drama to be played out this year in the pilot season of the Premier Ultimate League. Uh, well, I think that that'll about wrap it up. Thanks for all the work y'all are doing and for, for taking time to talk. Yeah. yeah. Thank Sorry. you. And um, seriously, though, if folks do have questions, please email or call or we really want to make sure you're getting good information from the source. Yeah. And so we're going to do a lot more of these. I think the, the plan is for to feature two two other members of the organizing committee on the you know couple of these coming up next week or two, maybe three weeks uh, leading up to the season. So we'll get to meet some of the other folks from uh, Indy and Nashville, Columbia. That'll be a great one. Uh, New York and Raleigh. Did I hit them all? Austin, of course. Um, anyway, all right. Well, we thanks a lot. We might have a surprise dark horse. We do. We might have a surprise entry. Yep. <laughs> More on that soon. Do we want to do shout outs real quick? That's something I loved on Upwind's podcast. Sure. I don't know what that means, but go ahead. It means every person who is participating in this podcast just gets to shout out one or two people that you really appreciate. Okay, we're in an episode of shout outs. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Uh, this is going to sound cheesy, but I really appreciate my Atlanta Soul teammates for coming out strong last year in a very sort of contentious and controversial time and not really knowing what they were getting into and, you know, just diving in and giving it their all and volunteering and getting paid to play, but doing so much work on the side. Um, Kat Smith in particular and Lizzie Jones, who like really made our home game happen. But everyone on Seoul last year was just really awesome. And daily, I feel grateful for them. All right. How about you, Angela? Uh, I well on the spot. Um, uh, can can you skip me? Don't tell you. So I can just shout. I I shout out anybody who's been helpful and that I want to shout out. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, I gotta shout out my wife, Colleen Kepner. Yeah, heck yeah. Of course, I gotta shout her out. She <laughs> so got nice. me into Ultimate, and and has gradually over time opened my eyes to the need for all of this kind of work. And she's been like the. She's, I mean, her middle school team has over a hundred kids every year and she runs camps and really does, makes, has grown the women's and youth ultimate scene in Texas, uh, you know, with a lot of help, obviously, but, but she puts in a lot of work and has really helped that grow. So I think, you know, a lot of her players coming through are going to be playing on the torch and she, she inspires me in that way. Plus I get some husband points if I say that. <laughs> it's a two for one. It's true. And I get the husband points. Awesome. There you go. Um, I'm going to go a different direction, I think, and, um, I'd like to shout out the, um, middle and high school players that, um, my wife, Kate and I have coached over the years who are back in Atlanta, originally a team called meld, which brought together a lot of different, um, high schools and middle schools that didn't have, um, women's girls teams at their schools. And then eventually, um, became Decatur high school. Um, that we were coaching. So I think those um, uh, young women really taught me a lot about like being accepting of a lot of different you know, people coming through and people joining the team really late in the season and really working hard to try to put something together and play together. And maybe they weren't always the strongest team out there, but they were always, you know, fighting and 
trying to get better and trying to improve as ultimate players, new ultimate players, and some that had a lot of experience. And yeah, I'd like to shout shout out Melod and Decatur High School Girls Ultimate. All right. Great. Good idea there, Maddie, with the shout outs. That was your episode of shout outs. <laughs> so many shout outs we could do. There are. I know. Can we have like a written shout outs? Ah, uh, there's just too much. We'll have to, you can, know, we shout out, can we shout out Nicole for being an organizational, like keeping us all on task person in the organizing committee? Oh, I mean, yeah. they're going to go, they're gonna get to know Nicole. She's, She's going to be on here. And rocking that. She yeah. has an incredible ability to interrupt people in the most polite way and say, look, I know you're saying something really important, but we have, it's exactly seven o'clock and we need we to gotta stop. move on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a teaser for what's to come. We'll have Nicole from Indianapolis Red on here soon, as well as all the other organizing committee members and sometime players and sponsors. It's going to be a great podcast uh, moving forward and a great season. Um, this was super fun. Yes. Yeah. Please support us. Please come to the games. We are super excited to meet everyone listening to this podcast, whether it's in person or virtually. Um, We're psyched and we hope you are too.